Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Laura Stein. Laura, how you doing? Good, Anthony. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really enjoy all my time with you, and now I get to ask you difficult questions. <laughs> I can't wait. I promise they will be very easy. So your girls, I've known them for a good chunk of their lives, and they're growing up. Did Fiona just turn 18? She just turned 18. She's a senior at Southside, okay. and she is kids ready to take on the world. She's got her voter registration done. Wow. She is, Yeah, she's She's ready to go. Here's why I'm sad that she's a senior in high school. In addition to the fact that it makes me feel really old, I just learned that she is a babysitter, and I now have an eight-year-old in my life. And it's like all the universe came. I'm like, one of the most responsible children I have ever met is now a babysitter who can help me, but I, she, her services will be only available to me for a short period of time. I actually had tried to get her as a babysitter, but it's on a night when she has, because she has all kinds of things going on. She really does. Yeah. But and you know what the good news is? What's that? She has a younger sister uh, who is 13, and she uh, is ready to go. She's been practicing her babysitting for a few months. Done. I'm telling you good news. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And what's Sid into these days? Sid is into, you know what, anything her friends are into. Okay. She has a very large group of friends, and right. they revolve through our house. Okay. And they're, they're, I'm telling you, the, the kids of today are an interesting group. They really are. They, they really, really are. are. You know, it's been fun for me, and if this is not your experience, please feel free to refute this, but being back with, like, kids in my life, I really like it. It's fun. Yeah. It's, there are times when it's not, but of there's, course. like, this different energy. Mm -hmm. like, things got real boring for me for those four <laughs> years when I was like, Alex is an adult. I live by myself. <laughs> And I, I will reserve the right to retract that statement someday. Yeah, but, you know, Alex is, you know, he was a special kid. And oh, full disclosure, Alex yeah. worked at our company for yeah. a summer. And, you know, he he's just, he's one of those unicorn kids yeah. who just, he's smart, he's bright, he he's aware, knows what's going on, catches on quick, you yes. know, all of that. So yes. I can see why... He, Things got a little dull for you after he left. Yes. Well, and I say this, and people think I'm kidding when I say it, but I genuinely mean that what Alex has taught me is that karma skips a generation. I was not <laughs> that kid. I was the worst son to any parents you could ever have, and he was the best that I could have asked for. So yeah. that he was a good egg. That sure. karma will revisit me in bad ways some point later on in life, but I. <laughs> had a son who did not visit that upon me. So, well, we're not here to talk about the <laughs> children. We're here to talk about you. So I'm really interested in hearing about your career path because I've, I, I know a little bit about it, but one of the things I always like about doing this with people I know is I always learn new things. So tell me what you were thinking originally about career, because it's always a mystery to a lot of, a lot of people when they're young. Were you from right out of the gate, I know what I want to do and I'm going to do that, and that's where you ended up, or did you take some twists and turns? What did that look like for you? Circuitous yeah. is really where it, what my career path was. Okay. And so I uh, grew up um, south of Indianapolis, about 50 miles, and anybody who knows the hills of Brown County mm -hmm. kind of knows mm -hmm. where I grew up. So I was kind of just where the land and the topography starts to okay. get hilly. Okay. So um, I was— a nature kid. We were outside all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I graduated from high school, went to IU, made myself crazy trying to find out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And at one point, the administration called me and said, um, 
we have lost your records because you have changed schools so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what it, were was, some of it the, was that. What were some of the stops along the way? Oh, the stop, um, let's see, um, education was one. Yep. I was going to do um, elementary school education. Then I was going to do art education. And then I was going to do interior design. Okay. And then I was going to do fashion merchandising. Okay. At one point, my parents just said, just please get a degree to graduate. We don't care what <laughs> yeah. you do. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. So, um, so it all, you know, as things tend to work out, they do. So um, I got out of college, came to Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. got in a job that I hated for five years. Mm-hmm. So what I didn't realize is the reason I hated it. So I went from being an outdoor mm-hmm. nature kid mm-hmm. into the mall with mm-hmm. big concrete walls and no windows. No windows, yeah. And it drove me crazy, yeah. and I couldn't figure out why, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I met Jeff Markley. Mm-hmm. Who was our previous? Now there will be a week between these, so we, so you, dear listener, do not know what a climactic statement that was because Jeff was just in the building. But it, I had, I did not know that you and Jeff worked together. Yeah, so that's so funny. So, long story short, when I was, I had a moment when I was just newly at Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. and I remember the moment. I was walking through a native plant nursery. Turns mm-hmm. out it was Newhauser mm-hmm. Native Plant Nursery up mm-hmm. on Stellhorn Road. And many of the listeners will remember that nursery. And I remember looking around and I thought, what are all these plants for? <laughs> <laughs> because where I'm from yeah. in rural Indiana, there were no landscape nurseries. There, you know, when we yeah. farmed, we we farmed oh, sure. big crop fields sure. and vegetable gardens. Yeah. So I'm looking around at all these potted plants, and I could not figure out what they were for, which is kind of hilarious now yeah. looking back, right? So I met Jeff Markley, yeah. and then and one day the thought of landscaping came in my head. And okay. I thought, you know, that guy I just met, he said he worked in a nursery. So yeah. I went and talked to Jeff and said, hey, could I come work here one day a week? Mm-hmm. He's like, sure. So it was a part-time job. It was yeah. here's a way for me to be outside. Get outside. And get That's a little right. relief from the job that I don't like. Right. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. I, I know. know it started huh. as just a, you know, yeah. drop of water in a pond. And, and quick digression, there's, I think, still a marker for Newhauser on where it used to be on Stellhorn. I think I've driven by it. Could be. Yeah. So, you know, Jeff worked at the new store, the Newhauser Garden and Gifts Southwest. Yes, yes. And so that's where I went. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I worked I worked there. The af- I worked there for three months. I said, you know what? I really like it here. Yeah. Is there any chance okay. I could come work here full time? And All right. Jeff said, yeah, because okay. we need somebody. All right. So I always had this idea that you were like from the get-go designer and, you know, had grown up in a meadow with native plants. And so, wow, this is okay. Right. So how did you yeah. get from this is part-time, I'm going to work here, to you're like the designer for the nursery? How does that transition happen? So I just started to learn, you know, they, and they were really supportive in my career and, and said, just learn as many plants as you can. Yeah. So that's what I did. I just tried to learn as many plants as I can. And within a year, I was designing. Uh-huh. Then um, I took classes while okay. I was there. Okay. Um, and about five years in, um, I had been um, – I had been – Volunteering over at Little River Wetlands Project, mm-hmm. which has which would had purchased Eagle Marsh yep. at the time. Of course, at the time it was a cornfield, yep. right? It had, yep. It's not what it was today. Sure. So I was volunteering there and working at the nursery, and so things started to mm-hmm. form in my head, and I'm like, and I started to learn. 
because at, out at Eagle Marsh, you know, it's all native plants mm-hmm. and they're creating habitat. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're really seeing the interactions yeah. in a place like that. So I started to look at the plants we were selling. And not only were some of them not native, some of them were invasive. Mm-hmm. Well, every nursery, every nursery in town and really all across America mm-hmm. was selling invasive yeah. plants at that time. So um, I went to the owner and I said, hey, <laughs> you love because <laughs> yeah. because the owner really loved nature too. Oh, sure. And I said, L- look yeah. at what we're doing here. And he was like, well, well yeah, I didn't even notice. I yeah. didn't even know that. So um, they were super supportive. And at that point then I uh, – called Ben Hess, who was the restoration manager out at um, out at Heartland Restoration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in Huntertown. And yeah. I was like, hey, we kind of want to bring some native plants in mm-hmm. to the nursery. And, you know, nobody was doing that at the time. I said, so we would like to get your take on what you think would work. And we want to – so I partnered with Ben and we set up um, – we set up – we picked the species mm-hmm. that would – that mm-hmm. we could sell in the nursery, yeah. And we talked about plant size and and uh, tags on them, how to identify them for clients. So we made this really nice merge between native plants in the wild and what mm-hmm. they were growing from uh, local genotype seed, because mm-hmm. they're they were growing the plants in small plugs. How could they get them a little bit bigger so that I can sell them to someone who's coming in sure. and wants them in their home garden, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so we we did that, and to my knowledge, that's the first time that had happened oh, here wow. in Fort Wayne. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, that was just a really great partnership. Yeah. Um, and then, and you know, then by then we had um, interest in starting a northeast chapter of the Indiana Native Plant Society mm-hmm. here in our region because that's a statewide organization and it has lots of lots of chapters around the state and a big. Uh, chapter in Indianapolis. Okay. So um, I was one of the founding members of that and just okay. just stepped off the board from the presidency. But so then we, you know, we kind of start bringing our people in, yeah. right? Yeah, so, sure. So now there's several um, native plant, um, there's several nurseries in town that are carrying native okay. plants All right. and several landscapers who are focusing on native plants too. Wow. So it's really great for, oh, the, yeah. local, for yeah. the local area. Well, that's great. So so all this happens when you're at Newhauser. And when do you start your own business? And I want to I wanna mention something that we're on a really interesting run here the last few episodes because this is the Asher Marketing Podcast. But my sneaky little secret is that it's not always full-time marketers that we talk to. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Laura, who's a business owner. We're, our previous episode was Jeff, who's an executive director of a nonprofit. Prior to that, it was a woman who works in the healthcare field specializing in, in migraine and migraine relief. So it's an interesting run. So we're going to talk about you as a business owner. How did you make that decision to take the leap into entrepreneurship? And was that scary or were you fully confident that this was going to work out well? <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, I didn't think about doing it on my own at all. Mm-hmm. So I left Newhauser. There was a part-time position at Little River Wetlands Project, mm-hmm. and I had just always wanted to work there yeah. because I really loved that organization. Yep. Um, and so I just didn't want to turn it down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I had been at Newhauser's for 16 years, mm-hmm. and I had been – at that point, I was the lead designer. Yep. Um, and I was just ready for a change. Yeah. So I did that, and then as I was um, working part-time there, um, 
someone just said to me, but you're going to do my landscaping, right? <laughs> yeah. And before I could say anything, <laughs> before the, you know, I heard the words come out of my mouth, honestly, before I even thought yeah. about it. I said, well, of course. And then I went, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I think I may have just started so my own company. You didn't have employees to actually dig the holes uh, and plant the not. stuff. I did not. Were you planning on doing that on your own or did you say, oh, no, I better find some people? I just did it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. So I went and got the tools out of my garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's really, it is that. Yeah. And so, and then I started to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I was owning and designing and installing and, yeah. you know, doing all of it. Um, and then I started get getting some people to come and work for me. Yeah. You and realized how to, much work it really yeah, was. Right, yeah. It was. And then, um, you know, eventually the business grew and. Now I have two full-time designers. And, and when did you find found the business? When did it start? 2011. 2011. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're 11 years in now. Um, what are some of the things you've learned along the way? What are, what are some, of the, uh, some of the things that you've maybe changed about the business? And, and maybe let me back up for a second. What, explain what Lorestein Gardens is to those who might not be sure. familiar with it. Sure. We are a residential landscape company. Mm-hmm. And we – so we – we are what's called a design build yep. company. So yep. we we come and we are ninety percent of our business is residential. Mm-hmm. Probably a good ten percent yeah. is commercial. Yeah. Um, and we have a maintenance division as well. But um, we focus mostly on you know we will come to a customer's house, see what their needs are, yeah. create a design for it, and then we have a team who will come and install those plants, tear out what's there, kind of what's needed to solve the issues yep, yep. that the homeowner's having. Yeah, and I will disclaim that I am a one-time customer of Lorestein Gardens, and the work was phenomenal. Great people, <laughs> super fun to work Thank with, you. and made transformed the backyard and made it look really great. So what are some of the – let me come back to the question that I inadvertently asked before I should have asked it. But what are some of the challenges, some of the things you've learned along the way that have maybe made the business stronger, some of the, some of the things you've been through that – make you in 2022 stronger as an entrepreneur and as a business person? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's as anyone will tell you, it's certainly the people that you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've been lucky enough to, um, you know, my senior designer now started out on our installation team and mm-hmm. went as foreman. And yep. so he's learned, he's learned the ropes as he, as he goes. And um, and I have another really creative uh, designer mm-hmm. on the team too, so bringing people in, trusting them, yeah. you know, and and that's not a, that is not an easy sure. thing to do for a founding owner. Yeah, um, well, letting go is hard too. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, letting go is is really quite difficult. Yeah, and uh, one thing that I've been really fortunate of is that I had experience behind me, but also that I. St- I have been the installation team. Mm-hmm. I have been the foreman. I have yeah. been the designer. So all those things um, really work in my favor. Yeah, and, I, and I assume out of necessity, you still literally get your hands dirty. You you have to actually do, do the work yeah. from time to time. Yeah. I do, and certainly not as much as um, as I did before. But sure. we just you know we just worked on a project that I hope to uh, talk to you a little bit about. 
um, that where I was out there for mm-hmm. for most of two days, and yeah, it was pretty dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as my son Alex learned when he worked for you, it's hard work. He learned that lesson so well that he didn't come back the next summer. He went off and did something else. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the marketing side. Um, what are some of the things you do to tell? the story of your business to connect with customers and prospects. How, how are you doing that? What have you learned about that? What are some of the challenges there? Well, one of the things I've learned is that you really should hire a good agency like Asher to help you out because you don't know nearly what you think you don't. This podcast brought to you by Laura Stein Gardens. Yes, yes. Right. Well, well, thank you. We, we love working with good people. <laughs> one of the things that our business really lends itself to is that our work is visual work. Mm -hmm. So photographs really Mm -hmm. tell our story. So social media Mm -hmm. is a, is a big thing and, Mm -hmm. and before and after photos. And, um, so, so being regular on that. Mm -hmm. And I say that is, that is always the goal. Does that happen? Not, not that much. Um, when you got a, uh, you know, when you have a tiny, company, you've got to figure mm-hmm. out who's doing that yeah, sort of thing. Sure. So, um, you know, sometimes we're more consistent than others. But yeah. that is um, far and away mm-hmm. the best part of our marketing, and that's being able to tell our story and what we're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure where it's a visual product, there's also a lot that's very subjective. <laughs> People will explain, here's my vision, and you must be looking at them because we we deal with some subjectivity here at Asher, too. <laughs> Um, and, and I would guess that a lot of it is word of mouth, that you have a lot of referrals and folks That's who right. are eager to, um, because of the good work you do, point their neighbors, their friends in your direction. That's ultimately the best marketing there is. So hopefully you get a lot of that. We do. A very large percentage of the work we have is word of mouth. And, yep. you know, very simply, yard signs. Mm-hmm. Yard mm-hmm. signs do a lot of our work for us because yep. people won't always look at a yard sign and say – Oh, okay, I'll do that. But they will go talk to their neighbor, mm-hmm. Bob, who yeah. has our sign in the yard, and Bob will tell them yep. either yes or no. Yeah. So It's a conversation starter. It is. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. And oftentimes we will do a project in you know, in an addition, mm-hmm. and then in a few weeks yeah. we've got five more yep. there. So it's yeah. a, that's a really good experience. So let's talk about some of the projects you're working on. You mentioned one. What, what are some of the things that are important to you right now that are either taking up a lot of your headspace, a lot of your time, or maybe small projects that you're just uh, proud of? Um, some of the things that come to mind when you think of your to-do list right now, and hopefully your to-do list is getting a little shorter as we get into <laughs> September. Um, you know, it's really interesting are the projects that we love the most are the ones really when we where we can connect either with the homeowner or mm-hmm. with the nonprofit or whoever it is yep. and our and our missions really mm-hmm. um, kind of converge yeah so one we're very excited with we just we just finished phase one on the master plan over at the environmental resource center at Purdue Fort Wayne oh wow yeah so we're working with um, dr. Bruce Kingsbury and Samantha Thiessen and they are taking their master plan is to take the landscape around the entire building and make it an kind of an educational mm-hmm. outreach of sustainability for landscaping. Hmm. So our first project was really fun. We took the um, downspouts from the building, mm-hmm. and it's the old printing building on the northwest corner of the campus, so it runs right by the St. Joe River. Yeah. So we 
broke the tile on those and and created this kind of meandering dry creek bed. Okay. So whenever it rains, we get some water that comes through there. So it does. It's not a continuous flow. Mm-hmm. It, it. But what it's meant to do is to slow the water up. Mm-hmm. We created some pockets for frogs and salamanders mm-hmm. and turtles. Yeah. Um, and things to. Um, to use that space, and we will soon go in with some volunteers, if anyone out there likes to plant plants, <laughs> <laughs> with some volunteers to put in lots of native landscape yeah. that we've we've designed for sure. the areas. So that's, you know, that's a real meeting of the minds and yeah. of the missions. Oh, sure. Um, so that one is particularly exciting. Sure. We're also working on one down by the Tin Caps ball field, okay. which is very exciting. Huh. Um, it's a... Um, Townhomes of Brackenridge. Okay. And um, that's it's a rare commercial project mm-hmm. we have, but um, we really connected to the homeowners there and are just having a lot of fun with that design. And that's a pretty urban part of Fort Wayne. It really so is. how much how much real estate do you have to work with there? So it's Oh, you know what? I don't know the number of units. I yeah. want to say like 15 or 20. Sure. Um, but really beautiful yeah. um, new new homes down yeah. in, or condos down in yeah. in the middle of Fort Wayne. And so it's really fun because of the angles when you walk into the south side of the mm-hmm. Tin Caps Field. You can turn to the left and, and see all oh, of wow. them in the landscape in the front. Yeah. So we designed it that way. And um, my designer, Steve, had a big hand in this. Um, you know, he did kind of waves of plants like the rivers. And, yeah. and you know, they were just t- little rectangles in front of each door. So mm-hmm. it could have been rather boring. Oh, sure. But he took yeah. it and really made it into something that's just visually exciting. And we're excited about working downtown. Yeah, and, for sure. And that's different for us. And, you know, downtown Fort Wayne now is it's just a great place to be. The yeah. energy's good. And, oh, yeah. And it's fun to be a part of any kind of thing down there that just enhances the, the, the design in an area. Well, and great visibility for you, too. You're going to need to get really Doesn't hurt. big yard signs for that project. <laughs> so all the people going into Parkview Field are like, who's this Laura Stein Gardens? I must call we them immediately. A sheet and yeah. hanging on the building. Something small. <laughs> yeah, something, something very subtle like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about a few quick hit things that you've alluded to, but I want to dig into a little bit more. So you've built a successful business. You've been in very different positions in your career where you didn't know what you wanted to do. You knew that you didn't want to do what you were doing. You weren't sure, you know, how this was going to all work out. In all that, you know, if you were talking to one of your girls or anyone who was, you know, just getting started thinking about careers, what's your best advice for building a successful, fulfilling career? I think ultimately it has to be know yourself. Mm-hmm. So do that work. Yeah. Go to a counselor. Talk to people. Yeah. Find, you know, talk to your parents. Talk to friends. I know. I know now what I didn't know then, which mm-hmm. is that I am intuitively connected to nature. Mm-hmm. So, I you know I can stand in a natural space, and it will not take long before I can just visualize mm-hmm. what a yeah. really beautiful and really useful planting yeah. would be there. And so um, when I say useful, I mean useful to nature, mm-hmm. and I'm including people in that too. So useful yeah. to the people who live there, useful to the birds and the butterflies and the pollinators mm-hmm. in that space. Um, and so, yeah, just learning learning who you are and what, what makes you tick. Yeah, and knowing that what works for other people may not work for you because when you're doing a job, like when you're in retail, you're going to be surrounded 
by a lot of people who think retail is the end all and be all. And a little bit of that is almost this sense of, I need to convince other people that this is the right thing to do so I feel better about choosing this for sure, myself. Sure, um, You know, I experienced that with large organizations versus small organizations. It took me a long time to realize, okay, Asher's a team of 40. I, that works for me. But you get me with a larger organization, and I just can't do it. Number one, because I don't like bureaucracy. Number two, I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> and number three, I like being able to walk down the hall and find people when I need something. But it took me a long time to figure that out. And I think it's that's part of what makes it great when you find it is going through some of those things that help you get that self-awareness and 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 starting to decide, okay, this isn't for me. I'm getting closer to what I really want to do. And I and I re, you know keeping in mind too that a a job can be just a job, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, you may find your sure. fulfillment may be somewhere else. Correct. It may be like I am all in on my career and my work yeah. and that that I love that. Yeah. But for other people, you know, a job can just be a means to an end on other things. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's great too. Yeah. Well, and it also your story kind of speaks to the importance number one of relationships. You never met Jeff, you probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing or at least, you know, it would look a little different. And the importance of volunteering. Because I think you mentioned, you know, your, one of your first entrees in this world was as a volunteer, is that correct? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, right. you know, sometimes that's where you can find something that you wouldn't find if you stayed on the traditional path that you thought sh- thought was your destiny, so to speak. Right. Uh, um, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, speaking of of finding things and relationships. So when I say my first job was a job I hated, there I also met amazing people yeah. at that job, including my wife Tessa. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. It was not yeah. a total loss. <laughs> well, and, and I think people, you know, need to understand that too. There, there's a job that I did for ten months. If you look at my post college resume, well, my Indiana resume, because I moved here when I was like twenty four. It's like five years at a job, five years at a job, ten months at a job, eighteen years at a job, and the job that I was at for ten months, I'm still connected to some of the people I worked with, just the work wasn't for me. It wasn't the people. Right. They were nice people. They right. were smart people. Um, so I think it's you can still take something away from it beyond just a cautionary lesson. You can take relationships away if you treat it well. Right. And sometimes you can tra- take really great relationships away. <laughs> right. um, okay. So next quick hit question. What's something about either your organization or the field you're in that you think deserves more attention or maybe a myth that you want to um, clear up? Maybe a couple myths, and that is that not all landscapers know their plants or are in it for their plants. I mm-hmm. think as as I grow with the company and I learn more about the field, um, there are some landscapers out there still planting invasive species, mm-hmm. and they they just don't know the plants and they mm-hmm. don't know what's mm-hmm. what's involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some you know there are of course some landscapers who are just doing lawns and things and that's mm-hmm. good. We need that service. Yeah. Um, I kind of draw the line at though causing harm, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. um, I always give the green light if you see your the nursery that you really love has burning bush, uh, Bradford pears. You know, feel free to kindly ask them to stop selling those things, they are harming the environment. Do, do you think that is ignorance or do you think it is profit comes first? Um, we don't care about the long-term impact. We care about tomorrow's dollars. I have yet to meet 
someone in the field who just really doesn't care. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm sure it happens, yeah. but most of us in this field really like to be outside and really like nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I tend to think it's the former, yeah. that it's maybe, you know, it's a little, it's not really talked about. Yeah. Well, yeah. and some of it is sometimes what customers want. And I say this as someone who's been one of your customers isn't all that informed. It's kind of like, I like the pretty thing over sure, there absolutely. without knowing the potential impact of it. Right. Because, yeah. you know, we're gonna we're entering into the season where you're gonna start see burning bush turn red for fall. And it's it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's just ending up in the woods and it's uh, taking over. So 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 if you can make it as clear, you're you're obviously very well schooled in all this, but for someone who doesn't understand why that's a bad thing, why is it a bad thing that someone would buy, and I know it kind of explains itself, but why someone would buy an invasive species, why is that a bad thing? So when you look at, you know, if I I think on that continuum line, so there are plants that are native to our local region. Mm -hmm. Yep. Those are the plants that are local Bird species, insect species, um, wildlife mm-hmm. have for millions of years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, evolved with. Yep. So, so those insects can eat those leaves, and it provides them with a chemical. And almost everyone knows the the milkweed and monarch mm-hmm. connection, yep. right? So, the monarch uses the poisons in the milkweed as a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. And it is the milkweed is the only thing that mm-hmm. it can reproduce on. They've evolved to thrive with this ecosystem. And, right. Yeah. And that's and taken that's, a long time. It's taken a long time. And it's <laughs> yeah. very so most insects are what we call specialists. Mm-hmm. So like the monarch that can only use this kind. So we know that since the 70s, we've lost about 45% of the insects. Oh wow. That's a huge yeah. so um so we want to grow those that our mm-hmm. insects can can reproduce on. So the other end of the spectrum are invasive plants that are almost always from another country. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of gotten loose here. Yep. So something like a burning bush. So, well, let's take the real thing, the uh, ornamental pears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're planted everywhere, and they were innocently planted in, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yep. I can tell you. I had a very good mm-hmm. pitch on why you should plant a Bradford pear. Okay. <laughs> because they were all the thing, and no one knew, we did yeah. not know they sure. were invasive. Sure, So I'm not going to tell you the story. You can Google why they got out. But okay. they're out now. So so the bird, they now produce seeds. The birds eat the fruit. They fly over Eagle Marsh. They drop them. Mm-hmm. And Eagle Marsh is full of wow. these invasive mm-hmm. trees. And so um, – the, so the reason you don't want to plant invasives if they're, is they're getting into our wild areas, mm-hmm. the Eagle Marshes, yep. the Fox Islands, the woods, and they take over because they don't have any natural mm-hmm. enemies here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so then you don't get your wildflowers in the woods yeah. and you have to, you know, other things that grow Fewer here. Fewer resources for the things life. that you want to thrive. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Well, that was, well, thank you for indulging me in that explanation because as a, as someone who is a big fan of pretty things in nature, but whose ignorance, <laughs> whose, whose knowledge goes no further than that, it's helpful to know that to stop and think because, you know, there's a, I think a lot of people just assume it's all the same. You know, I'm going to buy this plant is the same as that plant. It's all good. So, all right. Um, Great explanation. Last quick hit question. In terms of 
a tool, a tip, a trick, a hack, something to use in your work. And it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't have to be marketing related. It doesn't even have to be profound. What is something you use that you think would be helpful for people to know about? I will give you two very useful things. Mm-hmm. One is very useful for learning and one is not profound at all. <laughs> you will be happy. To- <laughs> okay. So the first one is go to indiananativeplants.org. Indiananativeplants.org. Okay. And on that website, We are very lucky here in Indiana, in the state of Indiana, Mm -hmm. that we have this organization called the Indiana Native Plant Society. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of really smart people started it 25, maybe 30 years ago. And there's a fantastic website that has – and it also has a little uh, link to landscaping. And it will Mm -hmm. tell you what plants work well. It will show you lots of photos. There, it is very informative on native plants for Indiana. Okay. okay. All right. Tip number two. Yeah. Sharpen your shovels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You would. You will be surprised how much easier it is to yeah. plant if you sharpen that edge on your shovel. Okay, and this is going to sound like another ignorant question, but what's the best way to sharpen a shovel? I would take it to a sharpening service okay. because you need a you need a, a sharpening wheel okay. to do that. You could do it with a hand tool, but do you have that hand tool at home? No, or? absolutely not. I have very little at home. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, very little that is useful in helping maybe, me do any manual labor. <laughs> maybe this winter, if you plan on doing any planting next year, take it to a sharpening service okay. and sharpen that edge. All right. Okay. Well, that and that is kind of a metaphor for life, isn't it? Sharpen <laughs> your shovels, people, and your life will be easier. easier. Um, Laura, if people want to learn more about you or Laura Stein Gardens, where's the best place for them to do that? They should go to laurasteingardens.com. It's just that easy. It is yeah. just that easy. All right. All right. Well, Laura, this has been super fun. Um, it's been great learning your story. I think I knew pieces of it, but I never had heard it from the source. So this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for doing it. Thanks so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. And thanks everyone for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest and we hope you'll join us then.